Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 3, Episode 35 for February 4th, 2024. We are back. Mayoral duties Whoa. kept That's me away. That's a lot of twos and fours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little, uh, little out of sync with everything regarding the show, but let's see if we can get all of this going back in the straight and narrow. I'm Merwat. That's hometown. Up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI. You want to say hi? Good evening, hometown citizens. Yeah, I, I was gone. I was actually, um, I had to leave hometown. I had to go to New Orleans and I just happened to run into Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually uh, just got back into hometown. So um, with all that said, let's get into the show itself. Today we're going to be talking about That Earth is Thick. It's going to be a long year. Particularly long. No, it can't be used in public. Mmm, <laughs> salmonella. Those colors are ancient. Tax everyone equally. Measles 2024. Just some junk, bro. Superb owl pricing. Grammaski. <laughs> and maybe a few other things thrown in. Today is hometown daily. Right after this show is going to be the continuity report, right? That's right. That one is already, we're going to, we'll start the show as soon as possible right after this show. Um, then I'm going to be jumping in the time machine. Uh, I don't know if the AI will be able to this round and we'll go back and do at least two of the past shows. Um, I may actually go further, um, back in time, actually slowly move forward in time. It is what right, it is. You're going to go back, then go forward, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, day after day, you know, for an hour and a little change, um, each and time frame jump. It, it's, it's how it works. It's a, a basically using the uh, technology that was attached to the, um, the, uh, USB, this weird USB drive that the sentient AI from the future, I was kind of bound to, right? They, they, that USB drive, uh, allowed me to create a limited time machine and I can go back for periods of time, but if it overheats, I will be stuck. Back I don't know what history. we'll do then. Yeah. It's going to be really rough. So let's get going. I had a little axolotl on me. Um, I had to take the little axolotl off. But anyway, um, you know what? It doesn't really matter. I thought you were leaving it on for the show. There. There you go. There. Little axolotl. <laughs> I was given an axolotl. <laughs> <laughs> By a random person. <laughs> hey, Marwat, would you like an axolotl? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, There's only is... one answer to that question. 
Or that's right. Yes. Yes, I would like an axolotl. Uh, so I didn't even transition over to any of the articles. It is what it is. Let's get going. The very first article. Apparently astronomers discover a super earth located in the habitable zone. That's right. Type of exoplanet called the super earth, which basically in, um, less formal terms would be called a thick earth. Um, is in the habitable zone of its star, which means that it is kind of in the little Goldilocks zone where earth exists, not too far, not too close, just right. So that life can exist. And frankly, <laughs> it's going to be too far away, no matter what, regardless. But on top of this, the simulation is not going to let us go to this other place. It just, we can't get past it, right? We're not going to be able to break beyond our solar system over to. <laughs> hey, Z, welcome so? to the show. Yeah, it is the Marowat and the sentient AI is here, too. Very good to see you, That's Z. Right. Let's see. Um, yeah, I've been gone for almost a, a week, so. It was kind of tough. I missed doing the show. I missed going over to Dunkstar's place. I missed going over to Timeless's place. Yeah. Very nice to see you too, Z. Uh, so what do you think? How fast do you think we'd be able to get to a super earth? How much would it cost? And is it going to be on space X or is it going to be on space Z? Or is it going to be on space <laughs> A when we roll over to the next alphabet? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're quite there yet. No. Well, the article is over in uh, digitaltrends.com. Georgina Torbet or Torbay. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. It's kind of like Colbert or Colbert. It's 137 light years away. That's all. Not too far. It could take a while. Oh, I don't know. Maybe aliens will come and teach us faster than light travel. Yeah, because I'm like, if somebody were to travel, uh, that would kind of be a problem given lifespan. Right. Yeah. So to do this kind of thing, you would have to have near faster than, I mean, it would still be 137 light years. So even if you had faster than light, it would still depending on the speed faster than light, it would still be right. It still might be a problem. So you have to build a generation ship, which means giggity. Um, and so your grandchildren would be piloting the ship when they actually <laughs> get to. That's so weird. So as a red dwarf gives off much less heat than stars, like our sun, the habitable zone is closer. In this, it's the distance from a star at which water could exist. There could be life if all things are right. I just watched a, a Y file. Uh, it's a show that's over on YouTube called The Y Files, and they just talked about this kind of a thing. How did life end up on Earth? Pretty much the prevailing uh, argument now is that something came from an asteroid or a meteor or whatever debris 
and ended up here on Earth and contaminated the the the, the pure Earth. So it was just complete accident, essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, or random um, event or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like the third kid when you only plan two, it's an oops. Yeah, wow. so a, gal a galactic oops. Still, at around one half the times uh, the diameter of Earth, it's the smallest planet in the habitable, habitable zone that Tess has found so far. Um, and uh, I guess we're going to go over there and... It, we're going to be the giants and whatever life is on there is going to be really tiny. They're like going to be little right. Lego people. I mean, we're all expecting something like humans, right? Or what we think of aliens looking like from TV or movies. But yes, what if it's like little microbes or something? Yeah, but it's bigger, right? It's one and a half times the diameter of Earth, but it's the smallest planet in the habitable zone. Hopefully everything is going to be really small. Because right now there's a lot of, if aliens are coming to check out Earth, if we're dumb like ants, how much do we respect ants when we go over right. to there? So we don't want them to be like giraffes or something. Yeah, <laughs> giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to the next. Oh, wait, before I do that, look at that. I, it's been so long that I'm starting to forget what my duties are. Here, <laughs> duties. I'm going to go on to the next. So this next article is over in the Mobile Channel. 2024 is a leap year, but why? Uh, well, it's because we like to just make stuff up. <laughs> like calendars. So we're not exactly 365 days. There's a little bit of lag. And uh, we kind of measure derpy. So instead of having a metric year with very regular segments and then everybody have a vacation at the same time. No, we can't do that. Whatever the extraneous data is, they just start like tacking it on and then they go, you know what? Let's make February an extra day. Um, so, right. We give, we give February the leap year day, right? That's so, right. Bring in the I guess leap we figured year. since February had extra room in it. Sure. You know, it's the shortest month, so we just tack on another one. Here, here you go. But only every four years. So I know somebody whose birthday was on leap year. And so they're, uh, what was it? I think, well, they're, I think they're, they're coming up. They were quarter of their age or something. Correct. Yeah, I think they're coming up on 20 years old. So I think this year they're going to be 20. Hey, which is kind of weird because you can really only truly celebrate their birthday every four years. So that's right. 2024 will be uh, one additional day added to the month of February to maintain our ca uh, common calendar over the years to come. There have been other calendar types over the years. Um, the current calendar, I think, is probably the most um, or. <laughs> Yeah, I would say organized. Some like the Gregorian calendar is bananas. Um, 
like hard so, to plan out your events on that one. Yeah, it's like chaos. Uh, there's a there's a church that has a a device on it that does the Gregorian calendar, and it you'll have to search for it. It's just a nightmare. Um, it established a leap rule that was more specific and detailed in order to prevent dates drifting. The need for the extra days due to the common calendar only having exactly 300. It doesn't actually have 365 days, but we force it to exist in that time frame. Um, the exact time it takes for the Earth to complete a full orbit of the sun is 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, 56 seconds, according to the National Air and Space Museum. Um, with nearly six hours of extra time occurring each year, it threatens to cause a drift in calendar seasons. There's actually leap minutes and seconds that get added periodically as well. Um, however, the simple solution is uh, what eventually led to Julian calendar seeing date drift due to the extra combined time not being exactly 24 hours. So, you know, what we need to do is just stick to internet time Make it metric, right? I mean, I guess that would work. As we become more and more precise about our time. So what happens if the if the Earth kind of pushes out a little bit? Now the day is going to be 24.1. I don't know what we're going to do. Right. So our spin is going to be 24.1 hours and then we push out a little bit more and it's not going to be 365 days. Where is it? 365 days, five hours. It'll be 368 days. Pure chaos. Serious. Science just makes things up periodically. Don't get me wrong. I love science. Matthew Nobert over at the Hill put this article together. I'm Look at that. I'm flubbing this. Did I say the last person's? Yeah, I did. Look, it's been a week since I did the show. My brain. Get back on track, Mayor. <laughs> See, that's the sentient AI's job. Um, so yeah, be prepared for leap year. Do we get that day off? I mean, it's uh, an extra no, year. We don't have a holiday. Do we get so that should be it? a holiday. People would forget it's a holiday, though, because it doesn't show up very often. Do we get paid to work that day? Salary I guess it depends on where you work. <laughs> right, like you're working an extra day, I guess, but without any extra. Yeah, I'm still mayor no matter what. I don't get <laughs> paid extra. All right. I'm not cranky. Uh, the next article is over in Smack Talk. Apple Vision Pro can be used in public, but mind your manners. To which I say, no, it can't be worn in public. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, the people we'll that are wearing. Repeat at the glass holes, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. In fact, I saw a Reddit post today where people can't even mind their manners in terms of going to a gym and taking a picture of themselves in a mirror. You don't do it in the bathroom. And the guy actually, he captioned his um, picture as having a photo bomber. He knew that there was a naked guy in the background and the dude took a picture and the internet is basically lighting him up saying, I hope that he gets banned Good. and that the guy that had the picture taken of him in the background um, should be, you know, having legal matters pressed 
he might um, be. <laughs> and so internet sleuths are trying to find this, this dipshit. But imagine people, uh, there are going to be people out there. The article, by the way, is by Malcolm Owen over at Apple Insider. This is Casey Neistat. Um, very well known on the internet in business startup community. Um, but wearing the Apple vision pro and I just, this thing is a $3,500 device. <laughs> the only reason why this hasn't been yanked off his head already is because it's very public. Um, but anybody that's walking around with one of these things in some major city, they're looking for somebody to steal these things. Steal it at least. And I yeah. think I just read that somebody um, big at Apple finally showed their face with these on. I don't remember which person it was. Oh, really? Wow. I don't yeah, I think that, that was in a separate article. In a Saturday video on the headset, Nystad uh, is shown traveling through New York City, including its subway system and on a boosted board, all while wearing the device in its pass-through mode. Because you, it's uh, really crystal clear, apparently. I've seen demonstrations of it. It's the best pass-through that I have seen of any headset. Um, but still, $3,500. I don't know. Um, if you really want to look at somebody using it for a couple of weeks and then talking about it, MKBHD, um, you basically just go search for MKBHD on YouTube and you'll pull up his videos. Um, at the end of the video, he recounts an unexpected moment from extended usage on his travels. After hours of usage, he explains my brain sort of clicked and I that they forgot that they were looking through cameras and screens and just uh, took what they saw as reality because it isn't truly it's a digital representation so there is a micro lag between their nanoseconds um, and perspective is different but as your brain adapts to it you kind of just become one with this vr reality and it is vr it, it isn't augmented reality it isn't mixed reality because you're not seeing through glass into the real world. You're seeing a reproduction digitally on LCD screens, LED screens um, facing in. So whereas augmented reality is you're seeing through a lens that has stuff on it, projected onto it, or there is a transparent screen layer between. This is more VR than AR, uh, even though Apple will try to, I don't know, set me on fire because I'm calling <laughs> so it So much VR. for their sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, they also say in this article that Mr. B showed a video um, moved out of view what? as the train departed before the Apple Vision Pro displayed a tracking failed notice. Um, the thing is only going to get three to four hours of screen time or like live functional time. And it has a proprietary battery connector, um, but it also has a USB-C um, port on the battery itself. So I don't know if you can daisy chain uh, batteries, but then you're walking around with <laughs> little extension even cords more and clunky stuff. <laughs> battery packs. You got one in your left pocket. You might as well have one in your right pocket to balance everything out. 
in my understanding of this, I haven't worn it yet. I just, I'm not really into this iteration of it because it's so glass front heavy and there's nothing on the back to balance it. You're basically getting your, your head pulled forward. So uh, to me, it's gonna be unwieldy no matter how comfortable the head strap is. They're also apparently just as good um, as, not good, um, they weigh less than the Quest Pro. So I guess they're doing something right. I just don't like this whole swim goggle yeah at least particularly not going out um, but i'll be demonstrating the um, x-real air 2 ultras because i've got them ordered but they won't come until probably march unless they ship them early this month we'll see but i'll be demonstrating them um, here on the show either not maybe not this show but reality hacker i'll probably um okay would you wear these out there if you were human and you were not just a disembodied um, voice? Am I going swimming or am I going on the subway? <laughs> yeah, would you wear them in the subway? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't want to wear anything that draws extra attention on a subway. Right. In terms of it being valuable or it being a threat to somebody that doesn't want to think they're being recorded. Yeah, it's just... It, seems weird and for me my situational awareness would be off I, I wouldn't have my peripheral vision anymore but i'm i tend to be hyper vigilant so i would feel like i've got like a horse with um what are the with blinders? blinders on i think yeah. yes it would throw me off so probably crash into a pole that's how it works let's keep going oh i didn't fix this or did i yeah i did so uh, this next article is over is our PSA. Um, so I'm not really, uh, I don't know, a, a white knight for food safety. Although uh, the conference that I went to, uh, there were people that are um, focusing on uh, the security of food safety, uh, food supply, and the industrialization aspect of that security. So I thought it was really interesting that one of the first articles that I see is Quaker Oats recalls yet another granola bar, warns of possible salmonella con contamination. It almost seems kind of like train derailments of yesteryear. We haven't heard too many so far, but um, it, it seems all of last year and now even this year, we've had more than one of these, these in particular. Salmonella contamination. We've had several Quaker, yeah. but we've um, been also several Salmonella in particular. Yeah, exactly. So the company now says it's Quaker Chewy Dips Llama Rama, <laughs> which were discontinued in September 2023, have been added to a list of previously recalled products. Apparently there's Salmonella contamination. Since it is granola bars, it can actually be sitting on the shelf for quite some time. Um, Michael Rayner is the author of this, and it says here, uh, the reason, as listed by Quaker, is potential salmonella contamination. The effective products are best before dates are February 10th or 11th, 2024. USDA said the products were sold throughout the 50 states, Puerto Rico, Guam, Saipan. Pretty amazing. Um, they have some stats, but really... If you've 
if you have any granola, basically don't eat it. Go check it. At least check it. And if it yeah. is questionable, just throw it out. And the, the latest recall is an expansion of a previous recall issued on December 15th and January 11th, which included granola bars, cereal, snack boxes, mixes every two weeks, <laughs> maybe every month, every 30 days. Right, that's know. once a month, yeah. When the moon is full, you know your granola has salmonella. Uh, go and check it out, though. There's a link if you follow it through Omtown over to the hill. There's another link in there and some additional information if you want. Uh, even more context but you know what would be really nice on foods is to list not just the product code or whatever but the actual manufacturing facility so that when you do see a recall and it's in the whatever abc manufacturing facility you could be checking your other products to see if they were be there because i think that's what's happening with some of these they're probably similar you know, yeah, product lines the, from the same place, but then the consumer could know to, Hey, maybe I don't want to eat these other five things that I have in my house. Yeah. And, uh, or at least, you know, get them checked. You yeah. Know, go look at the site, contact the company. Hey, is there a chance that this too could be contaminated? But, um, who doesn't want a little salmonella contamination? It, healthy bones. It's a cleanse. You could treat it as a cleanse. Everything does want to evacuate your body. Right. I mean, I guess that's an extreme way to do it. All it takes. See, that's a new health trend. A new weight loss method, kind of like a tapeworm, but... Uh, the next article is over in the Mobile Channel. AI helps reveal ancient origin story of floral colors. I chose this one just for the novelty of its title. Um, new research led by Monash University. Uh, experts used computer simulations to reveal the ancient link between bees and the evolution of colors in flowers. The research published in Proceedings of Royal Society Bee Simulated, uh, which I don't know if there's supposed to be something else there. Um, <laughs> I don't think there is, because I think we've seen this um publication before like i think it's like what happened to proceedings of the royal society a <laughs> yeah really uh, they lost the fight but i think it's kind of ironic that it's royal society b because it's about bees maybe not too on the nose they simulated the landscape of the first flowering plants from ten many tens of millions of years ago to test their visibility to pollinators like bees and birds What's really interesting is that we don't actually, they don't actually see color. They see ultraviolet. We don't see what they see, but it can be simulated in a computer. So you can see what they see. And it's basically like a- Can you a, see what I see? <laughs> burst into song like Wonka. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's really interesting that they do this, but the article is over at fizz.org. Uh, Monash University or Monash University um, put the article together. The lead author and native B plus tech facility director, associate professor Alan Doran from the Faculty of Information Technology said insects such as bees developed visual perception well before the first flowers appeared so that they could fly and orient themselves among rocks, leaves, sticks, and bark. Look at that. You can do any kind of science if you you have in technology information technology 
Look at that. That's why I want to get my doctorate in tech, but we'll see. Um, our results prove that first flowers evolved more dazzling colors to distinguish themselves from the dull backgrounds so that they could attract ancient pollinators, Doran said. To test whether bees evolved and viewed their current environment in the same manner as, as their ancestors viewed theirs, the researchers tested bees' color perception against simulated prehistoric environments. Um, given that Australia is a geologically ancient continent, could, couldn't you say that about... I know that there's some that are relatively young, like Hawaii would be considered young, Iceland would be considered young. Right, but those aren't continents. So but you're right. Isn't that kind of every continent? Every continent would be, right? So uh, we use color spectrum measurements from the Australian bushland from Carnes right down to the southern tip of Victoria to simulate landscapes from when the first flowers evolved during the Mesozoic era between 252 mil, uh, million and 66 million years ago, Doran explained. Uh, they say here, which they were talking about colors colors have different types of reflections in uv they don't actually have colors it's interesting you have to look at something in uv but it's basically different shades of gray it's the equivalent of it right so it says we can see that like their ancestors bees have ultraviolet blue and green photoreceptors which explains why some modern flowers have frequently evolved common colors like yellow in their petals as a response to what they, uh, can be easily perceived by bees. Um, but what they mostly see, as far as I've ever learned, it, it's always been ultraviolet. So um, obviously this falls into one of those things where I've learned a certain level um, and I don't recall blue and green so, photoreceptors so they're thought to be trichromatic but that they can't see red because they don't have a photoreceptor for it they can right. of course see uv at the end um so they see like blue green ultraviolet etc right um which is really neat when if you go and search on youtube for like ultraviolet vision you can actually look at flowers and stuff and it, it has it basically points insects into uh, the area where all of the pollen would be so that they can spread pollen. That's pretty places. interesting. And internally. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, it's like a little landing pad, like a helicopter coming to land, right? Everything is flashing into where you're supposed to land. It's pretty neat. Um, yeah. And this, this is all the genetics, right? So the, uh, the best genetics serve well, arguably, unless science short circuits it, the best genetics are supposed to move forward, right? The strongest survive. Right. Well, in here, I mean, it could be pretty immediate because if something doesn't get pollinated, it's right? Gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. It's like more immediate than you might think of other genetics. That's uh, right. Type issues. That red flower is the last of its kind. That's Aww. right. Hopefully it has something other than a bee. Or flower. Science. Uh, the I'm going to have to reboot everything after the show tonight. Mm. Everything's a little odd. Um, 
So the next article is over in hometown daily. Uh, Vermont is debating a millionaire's tax. Massachusetts added $1 billion to its budget and paid for school lunches and with a similar tax. Um, that has to be just an additional thing that we're paid for because a billion dollars aren't going to be paying for school lunches. <laughs> That's a lot of school lunches. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Maybe at a Michelin three-star restaurant. Right, where all the billionaires' children go or whatever. That's crazy. (laughs) So Vermont lawmakers are debating a 3% tax on people who uh, make more than $500,000. Six other states have a similar millionaire's tax. Washington, D.C. does. Massachusetts added $1 billion to its budget with a similar tax. What's fascinating about this is that (coughs) while most people are paying somewhere around you know, 25 to 35% uh, of their wealth to taxes. When you have enough money where you can play shell games and, and whatever other reindeer games you, your money can manufacture within the legal framework, mind you, this is all legal framework and, and they arguably do it all legally. Um, they can hide their wealth. They can invest it. It's supposed to right, stimulate the economy, forums and, yeah. but how does it stimulate the economy when the required return on the investment is 12%, but the cost of living for everybody else is 3%. Right. And meanwhile, they're paying a tax rate of whatever, 7% yeah, or something. Maybe if that, right. right. Uh, and so to me, I think that it should it should scale all the way up and it shouldn't start diminishing as time goes on. And you shouldn't be able to play all of these tax bullshit loopholes. You know, everybody should be suffering from taxation at the same level, but that's not what happens. You know, the, as a portion of their wealth, more goes away from people who don't have wealth than from those who do. Right. Um, but it should be the other way around. Yeah, if you take a lot from society, I think you should give back to society. Um, and now, I granted, there's a lot of arguments about this. I've heard a ton of them. You know, well, you know, they're lazy. They're not working. No, they've got some issue that is preventing them from being a, a holistic human being. I just talked to somebody today that is entering a technical field but they had to pause for a year because they were stuck living in their car due to unforeseen circumstances and they managed to get their way out of it, but they're leaning on support services to do it. And they don't want to lean on support services, but when you are in need, that's what you do. Yeah. Right. Not everybody is born with a silver spoon in their freaking mouth. So quit being sociopathic and give back. Oh, well I give back as gifts. Yeah, but it's a tax write-off. You're supposed to do it because you're not a sociopath. You do it out of the kindness of your heart. I can see where you're struggling at this point. (laughs) You have to have a heart. So anyway, my point, good, do it. Every state should be doing this. Agreed. But it's not the everyday Joe that is setting tax policy. It's the rich. So I'd be surprised if this actually, let's just say that the millionaires aren't going to be supporting the people in uh, uh, Massachusetts 
as much as or any of these other states that are listed right exactly all right let's keep going i can soapbox all day uh before i i actually hit the the button to transfer over but um i want to give credit where credit is due kenneth namire is the author of this over at business insider um, and they actually go on to talk about this, but I went through basically the nuts and bolts of this. So if you want to read more, get some more minutia out of it, um, follow the link through the chat over to the website and you can look through it. Um, yeah, added a billion dollars to the state budget and that'll help out everybody, everybody from the roads to parks, to air, to making sure that business is following the rules. Um, yeah. And while I was, while I was down in uh, New Orleans, uh, um, somebody said that they, the, the, this idea that they're out there like training people, IRS agents busting down doors and stuff like that, that still persists in some people's perspective that it actually is a reality. No, it's not happening, folks. But okay, they well, are. so I like this. It went to education and transportation. So go. both See. good things that benefit the whole society. Yep. And in education and the fact that people get food stops crime the most. You know, when people right. are hungry, they can the crime. economy too, right? Yes. So somebody yeah. might get a job and then they can afford to spend money on goods. It, it all feeds into itself. Yep. 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 Um, so they also make mention of having to reform the tax system. So I agree. Okay, now I'll do the transition again. Sorry. Okay, so this next article is over in Technology Today. Measles, the most infectious disease known to science. Why adults need an MMR vaccine booster? We had a conversation of that about this before I left. Um, and it says measles, once controlled through widespread vaccination, is resurging due to misinformation and vaccine hesitancy. Efforts to increase adult MMR vaccination aim to restore herd immunity. Well, if you have people that are inoculated against it, you can't spread it. And so that's the thing. Right. If you can get enough people vaccinated either currently vaccinated or recently vaccinated, that's the thing. Um, I actually looked ahead at this article. Gotcha. Um, and I think part of the issue here is that even people who had been vaccinated may not be as protected as they think they are. Right. It's been because, too long. Yeah. The vaccination at the time wasn't long term effective. So you have a false idea that you're secure, but the disease actually can change a little bit and it can lower what the MMR vaccine covers just like any other evolution and biological evolution. It changes enough so that the vaccine isn't as effective, but herd immunity and vaccination, they're kind of linked in that anybody who gets a vaccination lowers the threshold for uh, herd immunity. Right. Everybody um, around them, they impact favorably. Right. So Derek Gather over at Lancaster University wrote this article. It's posted in SciTechDaily.com. Again, these articles tend to be a little bit more into the science of it um, and just kind of a jumble of numbers and sometimes acronyms and stuff. But um, a lot of people sit there and freak out about MMR. Um, 
and uh, thanks AI throw me a stat um, so if you wonder if it's near you um, check with your local health department to see if there are any cases within the region if you see one that's trending up then go and get the MMR vaccine there's been a and lot if of you fear. Are the US CDC has some data out on it I don't probably there are corresponding agencies in other countries too gotcha um it says this achievement isn't necessarily permanent however the uk was deemed measles free in 2016 but lost its status just two years later and now there are cases rising across england with significant outbreaks in london and uh, west midlands and that's basically because of population density um but if you get the vaccine then everything will be fine there are some people that are always very sensitive to vaccines but you can be tested to see if you're going to have a reaction before you think that you're going to fall prey to some reaction within the mmr vaccine speak to your doctor find out if there's another solution um says Despite numerous studies confirming both the efficacy and safety of MMR and failing to find any connection whatsoever with autism, many people began to have second thoughts about bringing their children in for vaccination. This is all because this vaccine, the MMR vaccine, had false and misleading information presented uh, linking it to autism, but there was an internal bias there. This has all been debunked scientifically. There is no autism link to MMR. Um, and so because people have fear, uncertainty and doubt, that pretty much trumps anything that <laughs> any, uh, you know, logical thinking at least, um, particularly that fear element. So. They go into a definition about and data and demographics of vaccine hesitancy and misinformation. Um, but essentially, um, the prevailing knowledge debunks all of this if you allow yourself to believe what scientists say. But we've got a large population of mouthpieces that sit there and are making millions or billions of dollars off of other people's fear and they're not accepting it. They're not accepting the loss of life because of their duplicity. It's pure well, right. fear They might even be vaccinated, but they're just typing it up for Correct. personal and, gain, which is even worse. Right. And they can lie to you. They can lie to you all day long. Why? Because there isn't a doctor out there that is allowed to say, yeah, I vaccinated that person. That's a violation of the health, uh, whatchamacallit, HIPAA. So in the US, yeah. Yeah. And there's other laws in other countries. So you're just not allowed to sit there and tell that a, a patient has been treated X, Y, and Z way. Um, so you know, trust but verify and definitely don't believe hypocrites. So um, and if you're an adult, just like a kid, go get your vaccine. You'll be healthier for it. Again, if you're sensitive, talk to your doctor. Let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in hometown daily a rusted cold war missile built to carry a nuclear bomb discovered in a washington garage says report this is awesome hey what do you got <laughs> or not <laughs> an inert cold war era nuclear rocket was found in a washington garage the rusted douglas air 2 genie was designed to carry a one point fun kill fun a one point 
five kiloton. <laughs> hey man, I hear Cold War era rockets are blowing up. Uh, so this is a genie rocket is supposed to carry a 1.5 kiloton W25 nuclear warhead. It says as it doesn't pose any threat, the rocket is set to be restored and displayed in a museum. Washington State, by the way, not Washington, D.C. Uh, what seemed like an ordinary rocket caught the attention of the National Museum of the uh, U.S. Air Force in Dayton, Ohio, prompting them to go and investigate. It's over at businessinsider.com. Rebecca Roman is the author. This was sitting in somebody's garage. I mean, what did they think it was? You know, it's not like it was something where they were doing an excavation or rebuilding on a property, I could see where that would occur. Um, oh, well, it was discovered in a deceased man's garage in Washington state. <laughs> watch, watch as we scroll through this, they posted it on what is this on Reddit? And like somebody said, <laughs> you've got a rocket for a nuclear weapon, <laughs> right? Can you imagine the panic when somebody realized what it was? Because at the time, they don't necessarily know what the status of it is. They're hitting it with a hammer, trying to open it. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Do you think they went in with like a bomb squad or whatever? Uh, it looks like this. the yeah. police's bomb squad was dispatched to the man's residence uh, on the website formerly known as Twitter, because I will never say what its new name is. The humorously noted... Uh, and we think it's going to be a long, long time before we get another call like this again. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because it, they say it re uh, references Elton John's Rocket Man, but did they mean to do that? Sure. Um, let's see, because the item was inert and the military did not request it back, police left the item with the neighbor to be restored for display in a museum. Wait. But isn't that part of the, unless it's part of the, like a will, it goes into, whatchamacallit? Um, oh, are you probate. thinking about because of the estate? Yeah. Yeah. They, here, you can have it. You can't take somebody else's items. It goes through probate yeah, first. Yeah, but maybe the person wasn't allowed to have the item. But they gave it to the neighbor. Well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Because the item was inert and the military did not request it back, police left the item with the neighbor to be restored for display in the museum. It's not not theirs to give away. So, um, in 1965, Thicol, a uh, an, an American rocket and mi missile propulsion systems company, began developing a motor for the Genie with a longer lifespan and wider firing temperature limits per Boeing. Fascinating. There's a little bit more over at this article. Um, you can go and check it out. Uh, the link is in the chat. It'll be in the show notes. Let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in the mobile channel. How much a 30 second Super Bowl ad costs this year? At least 110 million people are expected to tune in to next weekend Super Bowl 2024. Taking place Sunday, February 11th in Las Vegas. And what happens in... Go ahead. 
I was going to say, is that estimate pre or post the realization that the Chiefs made it into the Super Bowl and the whole Taylor Swift effect? Well, it really depends because there's a big conspiracy right now that um, she's going to run out into the uh, 50 yard line and announce that she's endorsing Biden. That's wow. a that's okay, a legit. Was not going there, but okay. <laughs> that, that's a legit conspiracy. I don't know if, uh, like, I know that you work hard to not. Well, you don't work hard to not talk about politics. You just don't talk talk about politics. But um, yeah, I the moment I got back, I started hearing all of this stuff. You know, because I was incommunicado for that whole period, and all. <laughs> Now, all I want to do is go back. I got to figure out a way I can do the show and not hear conspiracy like that. Anyway, last year's game was the most watched telecast in U.S. history with 115.1 million viewers. I'm never surprised by these numbers because, you know, population. It's kind of how. (laughs) Well, that's true. But that is a lot of viewers. I mean, when you think about it being one event. Yeah. Over a third of the U.S. population. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, how many things can you think of where, like, everybody is doing the same thing at the same time? It's pretty rare. Hometown Daily News Show. Come on. Well, exactly. It's easy I mean, right there. got viewership just like that. <laughs> exactly. So how much is a second, a 30-second uh, Super Bowl? As, wait, wait, wait. I forgot. We're not allowed to talk about Super Bowl. We have to refer to it as Superb Owl. How much does a 30-second Superb Owl uh, ad cost this year? Well, the price has gone up 200% in the last 20 years, 75 in just the last decade, which, okay, shouldn't it actually have gone up more than that? Why is it 75%? Well, it was already pretty high to begin with, wasn't it? I guess they juiced earlier in the... 20 years because the last decade it's only gone up 75%, but they're saying that it's 200 years. Throwing in just the last decade on there Wait, makes it sound. How many years? You said 200 years. No, 20 years. Okay. Yeah, 200% in the last 20 years. And then they go, and it's gone up 75% in just the last decade. That You know, that's less than. Right. 200%. And it's less than 100%, which would... Right. So maybe it skyrocketed and then, I mean, it certainly hasn't plateaued, but yeah. yeah. Like the line got lower. It's not as inclined, I guess. (laughs) It's like, yeah. just So Bruce Gill, I know that I'm belaboring this one deck statement, but come on. I think it's weird that they say it like that. Bruce Gill over at QZ.com or Quartz uh, put the article together. This year, as viewers watch the Kansas City Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers and Usher performs during the halftime, and then Taylor Swift is going to charge out into the middle of the field and tackle Usher and say, I'm going to let you finish, but everybody vote for Biden. That Wouldn't that be funny? Because he did that to her. No, he didn't. Kanye did. Kanye. Yeah. He said Usher. No, I know. But Kanye is ye. Usher is Usher. 
So now she's going to run out to, and tackle Usher and go, what, 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 I'm going to let you finish. That would be a bit weird. <laughs> so a 30 second spot for this game is going to cost about $7 million at age reported. Though this year's figure is similar to 2023's price tag, it still represents a, an increase of 75% from a decade ago and over 200% from 20 years ago. That's kind of all right. A 30, a 30 <laughs> you second. You don't like the percentages in the article, do you? <laughs> I don't. I don't. In fact, <laughs> they should be charging more. You know what? And actually, they should be charging less because I don't want to pay for more. The, the bill that goes into the ad gets tacked on to the bill when I'm buying it at retail, right? If they have to spend more to advertise, then the price goes up so that they can That's recover. That's true. So, so it what can be free advertising for the That's Super right. Bowl event? Super Bowl? <laughs> That's not what I said. I said Superb Owl. <laughs> no, you, I just, I'm going to play this back later. You said this Super Bowl. <laughs> Hey, at least I didn't say the official name. Oh man, that one, <laughs> you hit that one out of the park. Oh my God, that was spectacular. Yeah, this game could be a super bowel. <laughs> Some highlights include Arnold Schwarzenegger in a State Farm ad, Chris Kardashian promoting Oreos, Jenna Ortega appearing in a Doritos commercial. Also, Coors Light is bringing back its iconic silver bullet train after a 12-year hiatus from its commercials. Got to go back into old school, otherwise people are going to get really upset about their desire to, you know, just advertise their product. So viewers are undoubtedly going to hear Taylor Swift come up throughout the game since the pop star started dating Chiefs tight end. Travis Kelsey. Do you think that she says that about him? That he's a he's got a tight end? I'm not touching that comment. You're not going to touch the Chiefs tight end? No. <sighs> Look, sometimes I need somebody else to bounce these off of. So, if you're not going to play, going to move on. The next article is over in the Stock Marketeer channel, just in time for the Grammy Awards. Here's a whiskey that the AI can't drink but wants to from the country star Chris Stapleton. The artist who has three nominations this year partnered with Buffalo Trace Distillery on Traveler Whiskey. All the stars have them. So here we have. So why not Chris Stapleton? And the Grammys are on later tonight. Right, they're all on the red carpet right now, as a matter of fact. Um, it's on screen five here. <clears throat> I'm looking at the dresses. Quite attractive. You're picking Great up lines. Uh, fashion tips? Um, Louboutin. Anyway, <laughs> I like chunky, chunky shoes. Some of Louboutins are really nice. Anyway. Um, but my feet don't fit into them. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's go check this out. Um, Charles Passy over at marketwatch.com put the article together. Do you think he's going to be wearing Louboutins? Most definitely. 
Chris Stapleton performs on stage during the 57th annual CMA Awards at Bridgestone Arena on November 8th, 2023 in this Getty Images picture. Um, it doesn't have a byline for the image, but um, that's Chris Stapleton there. And now he is working with Buffalo Trace Distillery on Traveler Whiskey. Huh. That's right. Let's see. Jennifer Lopez to Leonard Skinnerd. Excuse me. Which one is Skinnerd? Uh, who own their own brand of booze. There are a lot of people out there. A lot of stars that have, and not just music, but, you know, pretty much everybody um, can go and get their own brand of booze. Because um, a lot of places are actually, they'll white label their some default flavor and then you add a little bit of something to it, give it its own twist and ta-da. Travelers appropriately the name for the whiskey that he's created in partnership with Buffalo Trace Distillery, one of the most revered bourbon makers in the business. Uh, the author sampled its $10,000 Eagle Rare 25 bourbon not that long ago, in fact. I have not sampled a $10,000 Eagle Rare 25, but... I mean, who has? <laughs> apparently, the, the author. Uh, but Traveler is in a different category than that bottle. Oh, let's see. It's 713. No shit news. Um, and it's not just because it sells for a mere 40 bucks. It's not purely a bourbon. Oh, so it's a blended whiskey. Got it. So they should have led with that her earlier up because people might have rushed out to buy this real quick and then they find out that it's blended and they don't necessarily want that that means it can contain a bit of everything and anything including a mix of bourbon and grain neutral spirits in the case of traveler the emphasis is on well whiskey so buffalo trace uh, pulled whiskeys from the broader portfolio of sazerac um which where i was people were talking about sazerac so much that I I started feeling compelled to get some, but I fought it. Um, but I should try it. This is kind of like the new new, right? The orange is the new black. Um, it's parent company and the outfit behind such well-regarded labels as E.H. Taylor and Stag. Um, but people are talking about it a lot. I don't know. This is a awesome old school bottle. Um, looks really good. This is the kind of thing that you find after uh, you go into an old west town and start digging up um, oh, right. like like the outhouses and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Yes. and you find out where the um, where the saloon was, and you start dig. Okay, this is gonna sound gross, but this is the legit way you you find these old bottles. They used to just throw them into the the uh, the outhouse pit. Um, and so you can actually get these bottles old school style and sometimes they're quite valuable. Um, and you almost have to treat it like it's, uh, a super fun site because you know what you're digging into, but hundreds of years later, you know, maybe it's That's nothing. right. And there's at least some people on YouTube that um, show been doing their, their discoveries of those. 
yeah, sometimes it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be. Anyway, um, if you want to find out more about it, they say that it, uh, you can read more about it if you follow the link. You know what would help? The link. I'm awesome. There you go. Um, but in summary, they say caramel, oak, toasted nuts. They said it's an easy and somewhat sweet sipper. But I guess the question is whether you can really distinguish those flavors from it. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe my palate isn't as refined, but I don't do that. <laughs> I like it if it's smooth. If you can drink it and it doesn't feel like you're... Like turpentine or something? Yeah, ripping your throat. But it says it's a real whiskey with just enough fullness and complexity to give it an edge. So maybe I'll go and get a bottle and try it out. I mean, it's 40 bucks, but at this point I don't even drink that much anymore. All right. Well, that's it for today, folks. Um, let's get back into the party bus. We're going to have to leave Chris Stapleton playing his guitar. Get back to the front page. Uh, I'll leave it alone. I guess there's tornadoes in, uh, Florida right now. And, uh, what do they call them? Uh, atmospheric rivers in California. Right. And, uh, lightning striking right here. Bam. In Omta. Oh, never mind. Okay. That's it, folks. We're done for today. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI from the future. You want to say bye-bye? Good night, hometown citizens. But don't forget to tune in for a continuity report coming up a little later. Yeah, give us about 15 minutes. We'll be right back. Just got to reset the studio. Stretch our legs. Maybe go get some of that traveler whiskey. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. I need to get a new ending. Bye, everybody. <laughs>